Welcome to the Casual Game Guy Podcast. Today is Thursday, January 3rd, 2013. And welcome to the first episode of our podcast. As I mentioned like 10 seconds ago, and I'm being a total nerd about. Uh, today I want to talk about a couple of different things. For starters, I want to get into my review of Lollipop Chainsaw. I've had the game since October 2012, and it's probably been out uh, maybe a couple months longer than that, and uh, I've read a lot of reviews, people just giving it a lot of hate, um, primarily because of the short game time, but also because it's a girl in gaming. Um, I remember it took quite a while, at least where I grew up, it took quite a while um, for... Laura Croft, when uh, Tomb Raider first came out, for Laura Croft to get a little bit more respect than what she had. Um, and uh, that's just because, well, again, there's a stigma about, okay, games are a very male-dominated sector of our subculture, and uh, pretty much people want them out unless they're, you know, secondary characters or whatever. And that's pretty much just the way it is in our society, is that, you know, women are looked on primarily as second-class citizens, and nobody wants to admit it, nobody wants to say anything. Um, but it does happen. And believe me, I'm not making a case for feminism here. Just bear with me here. Um, now, Lollipop Chainsaw, I think, is a remarkable game, put out by Warner Brother Games and Kotakawa Entertainment. Um... And, uh, it's just, it's a beautiful game. Uh, the scenery, the, the way that the, the scenery is put together, the way that the characters are put together, uh, the storyline, it's just all coherent. It's all flows very nicely. Um, and there's a lot of comedy in it, which I think kind of cheapens the game for a lot of people. Is They want this hardcore zombie killer, but... In reality, it's not that hardcore of a game. Uh, you play as Juliet Starling, who is a high school student slash cheerleader slash zombie hunter. I know, that's the weirdest combination I've heard of, too. And you go through these levels. Uh, there's about seven total and about four hours total of gameplay. So, you know, beware if you're actually picking this up for a long game. Um, I am going to grade this based on how I standardize movies, like my standard of movies. Um, and that is, I grade them based on storytelling, based on character interaction, based on character development, um, based on pretty much uh, the minor stuff that people kind of tend to take for granted. Um, but you play as Juliet Starling, and throughout the course of the game, you learn little little things about her. And at the very beginning, if uh, if you start the game for the first time and watch all the cinematics all the way through, you see this this really in depth character uh, who is a high school student who looks like an average high school student who is just talking about going to cheerleading and just being pretty much an American girl. Um, now, 
in the first stage after the prologue, like actually toward the end of the prologue, we meet Nick, Juliet's boyfriend, who, while protecting Juliet from a zombie attack, gets bit himself. Juliet then takes her chainsaw out, lops his head off, and then puts a spell on it to keep it alive. Um, and you kind of get a sense of their back and forth banter uh, in that in the scene leading into stage one, where uh, where she's talking about, oh, I had to put a spell on your head to keep it alive, and Nick is like, how the hell do you know magic, blah, 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 and she's like, oh, well, you know, I didn't want to say anything, but I'm a zombie hunter, am I weird? Probably. That would be going through my head, but I think when you've been separated from your body and wondering why you're still alive, I think other questions will be popping in your head. Um, you know, sort of a less mundane uh, details. Um, but again, it's artistically just brilliant. Um, then you have character interaction with Juliet's family. Uh, she's got two sisters and her insane zombie hunting father. I mean, all of the whole family is, you know, just all zombie hunters. And then you meet her mother later on in the credits, actually, at the end of the credits. And based on one of the achievements, based on whether or not you, you know, rescued all of the other high school students, um, you will either meet her as a zombie or you will meet her as, you know, the zombie hunter wife who is serving cake and not limbs to everyone. Sorry for the spoiler alert, guys. Sorry. Um, now, again, that is like the best part of the game, is the back and, forth, back and forth banter, and just being able to relate to the characters. I mean, um, one of the biggest things for me is when I play a video game, I have to be able to relate to this, not pretty, not the situation, but relate to the characters in the game. Um, I can pretty much relate to Nick and how he's going through, you know, all of this, and he's got no body, like, no pun intended, he's got no body, and he's just, like, in the shittiest mood, he's down on his luck, and he's, all he can think about is, damn, I wish I did die. You know? And then here's Juliet coming along and saying, well, it's a good thing you're alive because, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And, uh, it's just, again, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece of artistry. Now, the next, uh, the next thing I want to look at within the realm of this game is, uh, the bosses. The bosses are amazingly well put together. Um, you only see them for a short period of time, but when you see them, like when you initially see the bosses, it comes up with a little character bio and gives you a background on the characters. Uh, one of the first actual bosses is, uh, is called Zed, and he is just this punk rocker 
you know, 70s punk rock deal going on, and, uh, he's, uh, he's uses very offensive language, which I find hilarious, a zombie using just nasty language and calling, you know, Juliet things like a slut and whatnot. It's pretty funny. Um, but, uh, one of the, one of the background on the, uh, on the card, you see, like, this little card pop up with all their information, like, uh, their inspirations and stuff, and listed under the inspiration is, like, uh, killing small animals. He gets joy out of that, which, you know, is, is sick, because, you know, it's, you know, within our nature to view that as sick, and it's, come on, what person gets pleasure out of harming small animals? It's just, it's not right. But it's funny at the same time because it plays into uh, these zombie boss characters. Um, and they're all pretty, they're all pretty interesting. The other two characters that I just want to, you know, kind of touch on a little bit are Ed or Eddie, whatever his name is, he's a second-to-last boss, and he rides around on this, you know, souped-up, hot rodish motorcycle, which, um, as the, you know, as the boss fight progresses, turns into, like, a mastodon, uh, turns into, like, uh, like a Gundam-type mech, and just morphs you know, as you play. And it's a really interesting, really cool boss. He's got this guitar that shoots bullets and missiles and all this other amazing weaponry that you would expect to find, you know, the second to last boss to have. Now, the last boss is amazing. I don't know how they did it, I don't know why they did it, but they did. And they've got this brain-dead, taller-than-the-Empire-State-Building zombie called Killabilly. And he looks like Elvis, Fat Elvis, you know, right as he was, you know, declining in his later years. And, uh, right before they, well, it looks like they, they found him after, you know, after a few hours after being dug up, but whatever. The point is that it's an amazing boss. Um, there's really no... There's really no gimmick to him. He's just this gigantic Elvis look-alike who's got this incredibly long tongue that spews out to try and slap Juliet. And you see it wave around a bunch and going back and forth. Um... And it's just, these the bosses they, they put together for this game even have their own backstory, which is why I have to say that this game was amazing. They go through, they give you the details on every character. Every person you meet in the game has a story. And I, I love that about the game. Um, into the controls, the control scheme was a little bit weird for me to get... Uh, to get a handle on, uh, 
on the Xbox 360, the uh, jump button was mapped to B, whereas I'm used to playing games where it's either mapped to X or A, but it's fine because once you actually got a hang of things, you know, it's, it's not that bad. Um, throughout the course of the game, you do pick up various uh, abilities where you actually, you know, spend the coins that you get in-game on purchasing these new attacks. Uh, there's also, for the silver coin, you get gold and silver coins. And the gold coins you spend on attacks. The silver coins, sorry, the silver coins you spend on attacks. The gold coins you spend on things like outfits, um, which you can dress Julie up in. So, I mean, it does have that kind of pervy sense about it, you know, that sense about it where you go oh okay I just bought a new outfit for Juliet let's see how hot she is tearing apart zombies um, and my favorite thing about the game hands down is when you do a leapfrog and you can actually leapfrog over zombies it's hilarious when you leapfrog over zombies and you turn around right away and hit hit the Y button, you can actually send the chainsaw straight up the middle of the zombie. Uh, and it's hilarious because when have you ever seen someone slice a zombie in half from the groin up or from the ass up? It just doesn't happen. Um, it's the equivalent of, well, the most awesome thing you can ever think of. Um, so that alone right there is worth spending the 40-50 bucks on the game. What's not to like? Cheerleader who hunts zombies with a chainsaw. It's awesome. Um, next, we're going to talk about the subscription fees associated with Xbox Live. Now, this is something that kind of annoys the hell out of me. You pay for free applications that are, you know, you download for free. It's fine, no big deal. You download these free applications. And, uh, then you download the applications that you have to pay a monthly subscription for. Um, YouTube, free application. And you can use it for free, provided you pay your internet bill, or if you go out to, like, a coffee shop or whatever and watch YouTube at a coffee shop, although I have never seen anyone watching YouTube at a coffee shop, not to say it doesn't happen, but it's there, it happens, um, and then you pay basically double for things like Netflix, uh, Netflix is like eight bucks a month for just the, just the streaming service or just the DVD service, and let's face it, most people would rather just stream, um, They've got an amazing collection of cartoon shows, amazing collection of Japanese cartoon shows, um, amazing collection of movies, that they're there, they're available. Get them while you, you know, just get them, watch them, have fun. Um, the biggest thing for me is having to pay twice for an application like Netflix. Now, I don't know if Microsoft's greed has an end. But, uh, it'd be nice to see in the new year, it would be nice to see Microsoft do away with the subscription cost. Now, 
I understand why they implement the cost. On the one hand, you're paying for a service that would be normally free on other consoles. You're paying for a service, and it's basically giving you incentive to not do things like uh, reset glitch your 360 console, or if it's old enough, JTAG it, and, you know, just do all sorts of reprogramming shenanigans to get custom firmware on your machine so that you can play pirated games. I understand that it's an anti-piracy measure, but their updates that they do like three times a year are more than plenty to keep people from pirating games. Um, I don't think I have ever heard of the PS3 being hacked in that manner where you actually go in and solder stuff to the board, uh, to your motherboard, and, you know, risk damaging your 360, or, you know, in this case, it'd be your PlayStation, but I've never actually heard of anyone, you know, hard modding anything like the 360. Um, there's a lot more involved in it, there's a lot more, you know, electronics know-how that you have to have in order to hack it, so why even bother if you're going to pay the subscription fees? It's just idiocy. Um, and I can see where, you know, again, I can see where it comes in that you're not going to want to pay the subscription cost, but at the same time, you don't want to, you know, have a hack console and pay the subscription cost to find out and they get banned. I understand. I can see where their thinking may lie, but at the same time, it's completely just useless. Um, personally, if Microsoft has to institute a, you know, a fee-based system, why not drop it to like a dollar or two? You know, like a dollar a month, like they had the special going on for a while where you bought a month of Xbox, or bought two months of Xbox for two bucks, and then you paid the regular, you know, whatever it was per month afterwards. I can guarantee you, if Microsoft dropped their subscription fee to like a dollar or two a month, you'd get a hell of a lot more gamers in, and less people switching over to PlayStation Network. Um, because for $12, you're going to get an entire year of live gold and not have to worry about it. That gives you all, that gives you more money for purchasing things like, I don't know, hmm, a brand new game for your 360 to play on the gold subscription that you're paying for. Um, they gives you more incentive to stream Netflix to your 360 as opposed to streaming it to your PS3. I mean, granted you're still paying that fee, but you're not out Every time you want to buy a three-month card, you're not out 30 bucks for just a few hours of entertainment a day. As a casual gamer, myself, I don't want to waste that money on something that, you know, could get me some more food or a new pair of jeans or, hey, I know, another video game. That 30 bucks that you're spending, 25 bucks that you're spending on, uh, on that subscription cost, could go to that brand new copy of Halo you're looking forward to getting. It could go to that brand new copy of whatever you're looking to get. I mean, I got a free three-month card with my hard drive 
when I bought it um, in January of last year and uh, I used it maybe around March of last year and got three months out of it and when it was up I said to hell with it why because I don't want to pay for it I've got a Wii in the bedroom I want to watch Netflix I just go turn that on turn on Netflix done with it I want to watch YouTube again go in the open up my computer even and go on that um, my laptop is a little slow so I don't use the you know I don't use YouTube on it I only use like forums or whatever to take a look at you know on my computer that's it otherwise I'll go in the bedroom I'll watch Netflix I'll watch YouTube off of my Wii no big deal um, but to people who only own the Xbox 360, it's kind of a pain in the ass to pay for your 360, pay for your, uh, pay for your, uh, your Netflix, and pay for all this extra stuff if the whole family wants to enjoy something. It's just so ludicrous. Um, now, again, I understand why they don't do it. So we're going to wrap things up with that. And if you want to get in on the show, or you want to get in and get in on the action, or if you just want to, you know, submit ideas for the next episode, which will be taking place in a week, feel free to get a hold of me via Skype. Frank the Gengar is my username, and we'll see you next time.